This is the Art of Darkness podcast with Kevin Kautzman and Brad Kelly. We're a couple of very online writers interested in the dark side of what drives creative people to create against all odds. This show is about art and the people who make it, what it costs them, and what it takes to bring something unique and impactful into the world. Each episode, we excavate the life and work of an artist you might think you know. Don't worry, they're all safely dead. On every episode, we try and find out just what the hell was wrong with them and how they worked through their darkness to create something that lives on after them and continues to move culture. Find us online at artofdarkpod.com and on Twitter at artofdarkpod. All right, we've got some sponsors for the pod now. Wait, what? Every link you need for the things we talk about here is at artofdarkpod.com slash sponsors. First up, books. If you're into this podcast, Odds are you're probably a reader. We've got links to buy new books from bookshop.org and used books from alibris.com. And if you want to listen to your books, we recommend and use audible.com. It's great and the catalog is huge. All right. So if you're listening to this, you are online. Maybe you're very online. You probably have a website or are thinking of starting one. Maybe you want a website like artofdarkpod.com. We built that with WordPress, which is by far the most popular way to create websites. And the single best host for serious WordPress is WP Engine. I've personally used them for over a decade now, and I don't host my websites anywhere else. Go to artofdarkpod.com slash sponsors and click on the WP Engine link to learn more. Finally, the best way to support the show is at patreon.com slash artofdarkpod. Get the bonus After Dark content for every episode, access to the book club, and more. Thanks for supporting Art of Darkness. And I, I don't think that was too painful. I think no, we did a pretty good job good. there. Yeah. Yeah, that sounded good. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate it. Hey there. Welcome back into the dark room. These are for uh, people who don't know, these are episodes where we dive back into a subject that we've already talked about. I am one of the hosts of the show. I'm Brad Kelly at Brad Kelly. This is my co-host, Kevin Kautzman at Kautzmania. Kevin, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in forever. Never better. We just did our <laughs> Patreon-only uh, recap of Season 3. So we just walked through the entirety of the year that wasn't. 2023 for Patreon, Brad and I, and I know we're getting ready for season four. I mean, we're kind of already in it. Does this, yeah. this kicks off season four, doesn't it? Basically. Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Let's and you're, it. you're preparing the Burroughs Redux. Yes. So yeah. We're going to, we're going to do, we're going to do another Burroughs episode. It's going to be, you know, three, four five hours. Hopefully not going over that, but we're going to do the full, the full dive. It's so funny too, because the first episode we ever did was Bur Burroughs. And then I'm reading this biography and I'm like, I didn't know anything about this guy. Like, how did I even do that? Hmm. <laughs> and I, I bought a, I bought an airsoft gun from one of these cheap online outlets and i have been recreating the famous scene okay. with my uh better half i've been putting shot glasses i've been yeah. trying to recreate it doing the different angles that yeah. would be an interesting right. remember the jfk movie the famous where mm -hmm. he's like diagramming the, the assassination you did that but in the burrows killing his wife scene right where mm -hmm. they're like trying to get him off or whatever sure anyway. sure yeah I, I don't have enough spanish to make that work. <laughs> this anyway. is a darkroom episode. Who do we have, Brad? I'm excited. This is so oh, good. we we have we have yeah. we have the great Glenn Rockney from the Rare Con Candy Podcast. Glenn, thank you so much for joining us. This is this is a real treat. Oh, uh, pleasure's all mine because yeah. I'm a huge fan of the show. Not only am I a huge fan, I steal regularly from Art do of Darkness for my favorite program. Yeah. I <laughs> everything. Good. Every good. I, 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 I verbatim. Uh, Excellent. No. No, I love, it. Uh, it, I love it, it. It is very helpful. All things aside, it is very helpful when I'm diving into a specific work of fiction to then be like, oh, these guys covered the author too, yeah. or or anything, entertainer, director, anything like yeah. that it is really helpful. Happy to be here. We had Brad on Rare Candy once, which was excellent. Um, so much and, fun. And uh, I have been. Uh, Always hoping to make my debut on this show. Yeah, no, it's a mutual, it's a mutual appreciation society, man. Uh, I, I, I love Rare Candy. I was just listening um, this uh, this Friday. I think I was listening to the one of the more recent episodes. I think the most recent, Margarine for Error, which was hilarious. And you guys, you guys, are, I, I want to just kind of for our listeners who may not listen to Rare Candy, you should. Glenn, what 
Uh, how would you describe working? What is what is it? What are you guys doing? It's a tough. It's a tough thing, man. When somebody turns the turns the you know, hey, describe what you do because because to be honest, it's really impulsive. We're not focused on anything. Um, you know, it's it's a podcast with my closest friends since seventh or eighth grade or something like that. That's cool. I, who is just like this kind of like sentient like he's like the sentient aura of something like i don't know what he is he's always been this like drifter guy to me that's just came into like my life in like seventh grade and i was just like who the hell are you and we've been friends ever since you know like close friends you know best man at my wedding and everything and we just after a while um he was going through some stuff i was going through some stuff and this was before 2020 and we were like, hey, these conversations are really funny. What if we just recorded them? You know, which I think is what a lot of people do uh, a lot when they start a show. And we were talking to nobody. It was very Rupert Pupkin, you know, for a while. Like it was just, it was just total delusions, but it was so fun. And then after a while, you know, certain events happen in 2020, certain events mm-hmm. that uh, and I'm careful when I'm on other people's shows, but uh, the, the certain events happened in 2020 that changed the world. And we covered that um, very extensively. But since then, it's been uh, much more of a men's health culture and lifestyle podcast is what right. I would it's a fiction element. Yeah. 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 You guys are doing you've got your gain of fiction, which is essentially let's just tell people what gain of fiction is. So it started out as a. I'm one of those guys that I have to like, if I'm going to do something, I have an annoying thing about myself where I'm like, well, I'm not going to do this unless I can like display it to the world. I'm not going to do it regularly. Sure. So it's like, I, when I read a book, it's like, well, what what am I going to do? Spend two weeks reading a book and not tell anybody about it. It's, it's very annoying trait of mine, but here we are. So I remember starting, uh, starting it because of Michael Crichton, um, who is, I wouldn't say my favorite author, but my favorite person who ever wrote a book, I think. And, uh, because there's a distinction there. What's that? A, a real Harvard alum, Crichton. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Not he a didn't go to one. the extension school. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so real that he thinks it was garbage and lame and fake. So <laughs> that's when you know you're a real Harvard alum. Uh, so yeah, he was he was he was not a, a fan of uh, of the stuff there. And so I was basically was reading, or I, my mother in law lives in. Uh, you know, in Nevada. And, and I remember we were going, we go to the library to rent DVDs there. It's a thing we do. Um, mm-hmm. And we, then we just watch the movies. She picked up coma, which is a movie directed by Michael Crichton. I just heard, heard of that one. Amazing movie. Highly mm-hmm. recommended. Like really good. Michael Douglas, Jean-Vive Bujold, uh, um, a lot of uh, like Tom Selleck has a cameo. It's very strange, but it's uh, mm-hmm. it, all of a sudden I looked at it and we watched it and I said, it was about, hospitals and their little tricky games that they do for money and i was like okay this guy knows something and then i realized he wrote jurassic park and all these things i said well i'm gonna dive into his catalog and then after a while it's like you know you covered that our first episode of gain of fiction was was jurassic park and then went into uh um uh i went into thomas pynchon's crying of lot 49 where i'm like okay this isn't gonna be a Crichton thing this is now it's improving me so much that hopefully people like this, but this is just me just reading and talking to my friends about it. And Sai's been jumping on them too, but cool. it's just, I've created this huge list. I spent a lot of, uh, a lot of my teens and twenties occupying various, uh, establishments and, uh, smoking a lot of tie stick. So, um, catching yeah. up on lost time. Uh, right, right, right on. Cool, man. No, you guys are, you guys are, you guys are doing great stuff. And so, uh, yeah, People definitely listen, definitely listen to Rare Candy. Where did the name come from? Pokemon. So it's uh, Pokemon is where you get, um, you know, you're supposed to train your little Pokemon and they're supposed to grow organically. Or Hmm. you could skip a level by having them take one rare candy that you can find along the way. And they grow one level. Boom, like that. Sometimes they even evolve. So that that's not a name that we like. We're coming. That's a name we always had. Sai and I always wanted to do something with our with, with, with this, whether it was music anything anything we thought of but that name had always popped out because we loved we used to always like take like psychedelics or anything like that and play the game boy game and stuff and and we always thought it was pretty fun um hell we even made an instrumental uh beat tape one time off of like all analog stuff with pokemon samples oh really yeah that's awesome i can't even find it so i'm like it's kind of doxy but if someone finds it i won't run from it it's pretty sick and uh, very cool find it man media fire doesn't have it anymore but uh i was oh, yeah uh, media fire does that still exist even yeah, that's how long ago this was yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and um i don't think it does i don't think it does but you know we 
once we decided we were going to do this podcast, it was it, there was no trying to find a name. That was the name. So cool. Very cool. Very Great cool. name. I love the name. I mean, good. And good it's question, good. Brad. I appreciate yeah. that because now I know. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's good. Pokemon, I, Pokemon guys. Mm. Not me. No, no, not my. It's thing. a little, a little bit. Uh, things, you know, sure. I was more of a magic guy. Magic. I'm like an yeah. old school Magic I, the Gathering. Yeah, uh, old school. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's for the podcast thing. down by the docks. Go yeah, ahead. One other thing, at least I want to talk about Rick Candy, dude. You guys have the best theme music in the game, in my opinion. Where did that come from? For people so who that, listen, that is a longtime guest of the show. He, his name was. His name is Chef. Um, and it's just chef, like he'll put with like a question mark or something. I, I know how he does it. He's been on our show a couple times. Yeah. Really cool guy. And all of a sudden one time we didn't have a theme song and he just tweeted and he was like, I think rare candy needs a theme song. I was like, yeah, no, I agree. Within like, I swear it was like two hours. He's like, what's your email? And I was like, really? And he sends it to me and I'm thinking like, God, I hope I like this, you know, because right. then you don't want to have to tell him. No, we put the work in. Yeah. If it ever shows up, the guy listens and like, is there a, I was like, dude, are you kidding? And it's so uh, yeah, it's so good. We're like really blessed people to help us with stuff. Yeah. Like, we have graphic design people like Big Mac McCarthy that help us a lot. And mm. all these really, really cool, uh, really cool people that have helped. We've been doing it. It's almost four years now. And it's just it gets more fun. I don't know if you guys like it gets more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's how, you know, you got to keep going regardless of like numbers here, numbers there. It's all that's all going to fluctuate. But is it still yeah. fun? And the answer is yes yeah yeah for sure no absolutely cosine well fun. let's uh yeah fun <laughs> i don't know i mean i think about our show as like a kind of a seance i mean like and i'm not i'm not trying to uh you know uh push back at you glenn but like our show is very very strange like we we, we sort of end up meditating on death and the creative process so sometimes it's actually like extraordinarily painful to do an art of darkness episode but yeah we just did the uh, the year recap for season three, and that's fun. So ultimately, fun. like the end product, I'm on the same page. It's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Funny that you guys bring that up because I because I I think that I I still think that's fun to meditate on things like that because mm. oh, what's what else you just sit and think stew on it, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But like afterwards, like I've I've done that. Like I I we've had some pretty like intense conversations where during the time it's like you little heart palpitation, you start sweating and stuff, and it's. You know, hello, darkness, my old friend, you know, like stuff starts playing and you you go, okay, but we talked about it and it's gone. You kind of journal a little bit and, you know, somebody relates. Right. Right. No, you're totally right. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're just going to do the Dante episode and then go frolic through the tulips. No, it's 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 heavy. No, I'm with you. That's yeah. cool. All right, Brad. Yeah. Good questions. So, I appreciate that. Who are we yes. talking about on this? Dark well, room? we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Edgar Allan Poe and, and and Glenn and I had been talking, wanting to get Glenn on and kind of figuring out, well, who, you know, who, who are we going to talk about? Um, and I don't know if it was me that said Poe or you who said Poe at this point. It might have been you, Glenn. One of the I, I was like, I think you gave me like three options. I was like, Poe sounds really good. Uh, OK, I, yeah. OK. All right. That sounds right. <laughs> so what had. It, leading up to this, had you read any Poe, do you think? Pretty funny origin story with that. Uh, it involves a Nintendo product again, okay. Um, okay. which you might people would be like, how does Poe get into Nintendo? Well, Mario 64 was a huge game for me uh, growing up. And there's a level called the Pit and the Pendulum. And, um, holy shit i'm sorry no i'm just posting the uh the cat with the vietnam helicopters gif dude that that oh my god n64 was huge man that yeah. and and uh bond i mean obviously oh, go well, on go on Bold and i was for your friends mario 64 was like like spurg time you and right. you. yes yeah yes. and uh <laughs> You, the pit in the pendulum it's not a very like poe level it's just you're inside mm. of a clock and you have to like be mm. a time guy yeah. or something but yeah. i remember my mom kind of liked games too so she would like watch and see what i was like making sure i wasn't entering bad names on my username sure. yeah she'd watch and, and then she's like oh that's like edgar Allan poe she's a big reader and i was like mm. i don't know what that is you know and then all of a sudden two days later Barnes, she's got like one of those cool like kid themed Barnes and Noble books full of uh, Edgar Allan Poe, and I just I went through it and I was like, this is really like it was cool. I, I think a lot of stuff went over my head, um, the actual dread because I hadn't had a lot of uh, calcification of life on me right. uh, yet. But the 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 vibe and ambiance of all the stories, similar to Lovecraft, is it's there from from whenever you pick it up. So uh, th- 
that was probably 2001, 2002, I would okay. say. Now, this is my first, you know, two yeah. decades later we're revisiting right so. right yeah so we picked out a few stories to talk, talk about it we'll get into one of them but i'm i am just curious like overall reading those i think we did we picked three stories out we we'd all decided okay we'll we'll confine our conversation poe wise mostly more or less to those stories but what was your going back into those reading those what was your impression of that like how did that feel reading that stuff um, more dread than terror, because I think yeah. dread, dread is what um, brings me back to to horror nowadays. Is is mm-hmm. dread? I think I think it's tough to scare people nowadays, but it's really yeah. make them feel dread. And mm-hmm. uh, I just, for me at least, I'm a I'm an anxious, wired, high wired person, yeah. and um, stuff like like I I just right before this, I listened to Christopher Lee's Telltale Heart, and I was like, man, wow, like. Just, it, that story just got a whole different meaning to me um you know and and it was great i mean it, it's great i i had this big uh collect i try to do hard copies of everything so i got a big like massive collection of all his stuff and it yeah. was like there's so many tales probably this probably the same one maybe oh, yeah. i don't have the dust cover anymore but it either might yeah. never came with it i went on thrift yeah. it was just like well you know this yeah and uh and it was uh I couldn't even like half the stories. It was there's so many in there. I'm like, it took me a while to find them in the table of contents. Like so big, and That's they a lot. <laughs> some are like four pages long, you know. And uh, but it was it was really really fun. So I I read and then listened uh, to them again because that's the beauty of these things is neither of us have to really interrupt what we're working on because they're just a couple short tales so yeah yeah that was i wanted to keep it so it was it was you know and there's plenty to talk about in the in the in the stories that we read yeah there's there's an interesting thing you know i was reading this stuff i've been thinking about this concept a lot in like horror um that like the one issue i have sometimes with like horror films i'll give you an example like i liked midsummer a lot i know some people don't um but like there was midsummer's almost a, midsummer's a banger. It's I I, I think it's great. It's a banger. Yeah. 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 But but yeah. the one thing that was sort of a wrinkle, and this isn't even me suggesting a change, but that's the film that prompted me thinking about this is like, why in the horror movies is the threat always that you're going to be killed? Like, couldn't there be something worse than being killed? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. isn't there something like fate's worse than death kind of thing? This is right? this is the most Irish thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Irishman, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was just like it's always like it felt like it almost felt like too easy. Like, oh, okay, well they're gonna die. Like that's the easy way out, man. What if you right, have to you, like live with this? With a good time, all right. Don't right. Telling me. <laughs> Sorry, this is this is a. Thank you, Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden's economy here. <laughs> Go on, Brad. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just it, it, it's just sort of interesting on that note. And I got thinking about that. Well, well, let's 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 maybe that will resurface maybe it won't let's like well first let me first i will say what we're going to talk about in the patreon uh exclusive after dark portion of the show patreon.com slash where we will you know we we have bonus content for our beloved patreon supporters we save a little tidbit for you guys um we're going to talk about uh franz is it franz or fritz franz mesmer mm-hmm. the man from whom we get the word mesmerize um, he was a primarily 18th century German physician who believed he could cure all kinds of ailments using animal magnetism. So we're going to talk about that. And Poe, mesmerism, mesmer comes up in a number of Poe short stories, including one of the ones that we read, A Tale of the Ragged Mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is... I don't think people who have a, a, a cursory knowledge of Poe and they know Pit and the Pendulum, they know Telltale Heart, maybe they know a cask of Amontillado, they know, uh, I'm not, I know I'm not saying that right, they know Mask of Usher. the Red Death, Usher, Fall, Fall of the House of Usher. I, Tale of the Ragged Mountains kind of comes out of left field relative to all of those. It's very, very different from those other ones. Um, and I think that's part of why I like it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, what were your, what were your impressions of that, Glenn? Uh, I loved it. I, I had, I was one of those people. I'm like, well, I don't even know what that is, Brad, but I was, <laughs> and then I, that was the one that took me for I'm like, is this even in the, it has to be in this collection. It's like a thousand pages. Like it has to be right. in there. I look, I'm like, well, there it is. And I started reading it and immediately 
you start to I know it's before him. You just go Lovecraft immediately. Mm-hmm. You start reading it, you're like Lovecraft. Like right, right then in there, it was just like I mean, Mountains of Madness too. Just the title itself. Um, it's more of a fantasy thing, I would say. For for uh, um, for, that's probably why it gets lost in the in the mix a little bit amongst Poe, because you know you don't have like you know goth girls probably reading that on youtube or something right, right. Um, i don't think i don't think that's the story that goes there um they're more than welcome to do it i recommend yeah. it actually but yeah. the uh i loved it i mean i love the whole uh the whole i am i am definitely of the judeo-christian kind of quasi in, in between realms uh of of that belief but i've always been fascinated with reincarnation mm-hmm. and um like when you see those videos of those kids kind of like just Oh, I'm like five years old, but I remember like this weird war that like yeah. I was involved in in the 18 whatever, and and it's like okay, I'm not gonna sit here and tell anybody to abandon their beliefs that they've had forever. However, what is your answer to that when you watch? Right. The- yeah, I don't know. What, yeah, something's yeah. there. Something's there, and I I, I think I, nailed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw a video today of some two year old playing drums like like a baby John Bonham, like actually yeah. playing fills and like keeping time. And you just go like, wait, wait okay. Right. You didn't I mean, even have time to learn that. Just like, like, well, I'm a Catholic, but I'm like, okay, well, you know, they, may, you know, I, it could be a bell curve type situation. Like a fraction of us can come back. I mean, like maybe only the podcasters come back. I don't know. You know, like nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so for the audience who hasn't listened to the day, uh, hasn't read uh, a tale of the ragged mountains, and and I'm glad you guys both mentioned listening to it. Um, Poe is one of these subjects. A lot of the the greatest hits of Poe have been recorded in excellent audio format by a variety of people. Christopher Lee versions are great. I don't think there's a Christopher Lee version of this story. Right. But but you know these are things you can find on YouTube. You don't have to go to Audible and buy a thing. You can just audio uh, Edgar Allan Poe audiobook in YouTube, and you'll you'll find a ton of them. Um, and they're great. And and they're, since they're short, they're these spooky little you know a lot of them are these kind of spooky little things. Um, but let me just give you a quick summary of Tale of the Ragged Mountains. <clears throat> so there's this guy named Augustus Bedlow. Uh, lifelong sufferer of neuralgia with a very odd he presents himself very oddly he's he's just doesn't even quite look human he's an opium addict and he's turns out that he's under the long-term spell of a mesmeric doctor right he's basically hypnotized for life yeah the the vice president of harvard extension school (laughs) okay yes yes yeah he he goes on a he goes on a hike in the mountains outside of charles uh charlottesville uh virginia um and high on opium stumbles through a portal portal into what is called an eastern looking city what year did he write this i think it's 1830 something it's so like it's so uh 27 or something like that it's right around that time though it's insane yeah yeah it's yeah. so amazing it's like so american it is and yeah yeah mm. the, dude the ragged mountains is an actual place like he didn't invent this place there is a place called the ragged mountains it's 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 a subset of the appalachian you know appalachian mm. mountain range for sure which is a spooky place full of folklore as it is the hotbed yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, mothman all types of stuff out there man. yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah um and so okay so he he bedlow gets caught up in pursuit of someone he's suddenly in an eastern city right uh, eastern not eastern united states but like the east i'll dare to use it oriental he's in okay. an oriental okay. city kevin said okay. it yeah 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 <laughs> at couch mania at twitter um, and he gets now man yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm in serious trouble right um he gets he gets struck in the head with an arrow that reminds him of a malaysian crease which is a short dagger with a little serpentine blade uh, not to give away the rest of it but that's the that's the setup right and 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 it comes to this kind of strange almost ironic kind of conclusion um but i love i personally love this stuff i love portals like that is <laughs> such a good trope <laughs> There are portals. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> We're in a portal right now, fellas. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You're watching on YouTube. You're yeah. in a portal. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Just so Kramer, Kramer opening up the door with the red light. I'm in a portal, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. What's yeah, yeah, what, what, yeah. What's go? What's going on out there? I, I took some opium and I've stumbled into an Oriental city. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
<laughs> um, let me actually, uh, I might, uh, give, give me, I'm going to read just like a little snippet of this. Cause I am, I love this story so much. I'm trying to like convince people to read it basically. Um, so interesting. I mean, I, I listened to a recording of it and I'm going to have to listen like three or four more times to like, get it. I want to hear you read. Yeah. yeah. So this is just kind of a randomly, almost randomly selected part. Um, this is before he actually passes through the portal. He's, he's walking super high on opium through the, the Charlotte, the woods outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. The thick and peculiar mist or smoke which distinguishes the Indian summer and which now hung heavily over all objects served, no doubt, to deepen the vague impressions which these objects created. So dense was this pleasant fog that I could at no time see more than a dozen yards of the path before me. This path was excessively sinuous, and as the sun could not be seen, I soon lost all idea of the direction in which I journeyed. In the meantime, the morphine had its customary effect, that of uh, enduing all the external world with an intensity of interest. In the quivering of a leaf, in the hue of a blade of grass, in the shape of a trefoil, in the humming of a bee, in the gleaming of a dewdrop, in the breathing of the wind, in the faint orders that odors that came through the came from the forest, there came a whole universe of suggestion. So this is Poe. He's just making it weird. Yeah. It's like it's a hike through the woods, and it suddenly gets real weird. Well, dude, I mean, you do morphine, take morphine, see what see what happens, man. Right. The guy, the guy would um, uh, bed low. His his. I was really intrigued by his breakfast guy breakfast, as I call it, where you you get a uh, shot of morphine and some coffee, no food, <laughs> no and then food. walk in the mountains. Yeah, that's that's the Faustian yeah. spirit. I mean, that's right. You know, that's why they hate us. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that guy could leave, live on that for like two months. Yeah. yeah, just dudes rock. You know, if it wasn't <laughs> if it wasn't cripplingly addictive, that would be a pretty good day. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this is like why we yeah, you don't want to bring some beef jerky with you or something? Right, no, no, right. no, no, I'm good. Well, I mean, this is why we, this is actually why we can't have single payer in America because everybody would just start doing this and the hospitals <laughs> would, would be overrun. I'm actually, that's not a joke. Yeah. yeah. I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm laughing, Glenn. Yeah, I'm not joking. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, no, that's it's mm. it's really really cool. I love the um, you know, I I I'm from your guys's core episode on Poe. I kind of learned that Dostoevsky kind of really liked liked Poe, and I think the the debate aspect of this of this uh, story just when when what our what Bedlow goes through was it a dream? Was it yeah. was it this and that? I love that. That's very brothers brothers K brothers Karamazov yeah. kind of. Uh, a bunch of having an argument in your own head dispersed out through a few characters, uh, which I, I really liked. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that. Like, you know, it's funny too. like you read this, read this story. And I, I'm always interested in a story. Like, what do the characters do when something like inexplicable happens? Like what happens to them psychologically or like how do they react? And and that's always like a fascinating aspect of a story like this is how do the people involved actually react? Like. In another story, people will ignore it, right? They'll try to like pretend it didn't happen, sort of, to to maintain their own sanity. And then other people will immediately glom onto it. And I, I think that kind of stuff is like, like, uh, I don't know if you guys follow the Miami Mall hashtag. Oh, uh-huh. no, you know, yeah, I, I knew, I knew you would, Glenn. I don't know if Kevin, you know about this. All right, so there is this mall in Miami that. All they showed at first, all you saw at first was like every cop car in Miami descending upon this mall. You're talking right. about the alien, the alien. Thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Mall? yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. And then like, okay. Every cop in every cop in Miami is descending on this mall. And then they turn out and they're like, oh yeah, it's just some teenagers got into a fight. You're like, well, yeah. then why was there 80 cop? Like literally like. It's like all the cops that show up in Terminator 2. It was like that many cops. Yeah, right. It's ridiculous. It's like there's no way that's like eight teenagers getting into a fist fight. It's just impossible. And, and anyway, so like I'm scrolling through that and I think most people will go, well, it's clearly not aliens just because somebody's saying it is. And I'm scrolling and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it is. Why? It could be a like, portal. It could be, it could be a portal, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I... I am interested in seeing this in fiction, like people having to deal with this kind of stuff, like dealing with like the totally, I guess, improbable or whatever you want to call it. 
yeah, yeah. and and like Crichton, Crichton would in his books Crichton would do he'd have one scientist that'll come in and go it's clearly not that dude you know what right. I mean find out that guy's the lamest scientist ever right. in the book. and then right. there's one guy who's just like well why not you know right and right cool for the but I I'm always leery of people uh I talk about this a lot um uh with with like a few of our friends of the show and stuff but it's like why are you so why can't you let me have fun for like five minutes right what is the, what is the harm of me just I'm not saying send all these police at the, the UFOs and like start a UFO war I'm like can I can right. I just can I just live in like that reality for a second yeah yeah debunked by reddit later or something I don't know <laughs> right. let me let me cook yeah yeah what is yeah what is the harm of me believing that there are 10 foot 10 foot aliens in the Miami mall really yeah, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't hurt anybody <laughs> well and then you know and then what I end up doing and not to jump in like uh, yeah. you know piggyback on this too much yeah. but it's like what I end up doing is going what does it mean that we want to believe that there are 10 feet a- then there's that like media studies level that you zoom out and I I indulge in what Glenn's describing like I believe man yeah. Like, you know, uh, WTC seven won't go away. I believe, right. but then there's also like, I uh, you know I have the, I guess the ability to zoom out and go, why do I believe? Why right. do we believe? And that's that's where the the sweet spot is for yeah, me. Yeah, no, there's a there's definitely an anthropological interest above all, right? Of just like, well, yeah, why? Okay, so why is it that humans are believing? Well, all this? you know, we we all have. You all grew up in a certain period. I mean, you know, I don't know, Glenn, where you grew up, and you grew up in the eighties, eighties and the nineties. Used to have campfire stories. I remember those. Remember campfire stories? Yeah, that's all these these new things are, but yeah. they're just at a scale that those those previous stories, you know, never could have achieved. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And Poe Poe is like the ultimate ghost storyteller. That's yeah. sort of the thing, right? Like these it's it's next level ghost stories for sure. Yeah. No, that story is so good. I mean, that story is so good. I I would have never I would have never <laughs> not even not even to say like it didn't sound interesting to me. I just wouldn't have even known of its ex- existence. Yeah. Like, yeah. Known. You said it was really cool and I was like, "Well, Okay, and I thought it was just going to be horror. I thought it was going to be kind of like, uh, you know, oh, you won't believe what I saw up there. But it's not even about what I saw up there. It's why I saw it. Right, right, right. You could read it just as a pure story about addiction. He's this guy who's like an addict. Right. The mountains. The the illusions that he gets to there. Wish that's what like opiate addicts did nowadays, though. Don't you? <laughs> Just went for a hike in the woods and came back with a wild story to <laughs> yeah, tell. Like, that yeah. would be thicker than I don't know. I'm in the Bay Area, so I just listen. I mean, Poe and his his people, his contemporaries, were not up against fentanyl and fucking like yeah. industrial chemicals. Like they literally had yeah. to suck this shit out of the the poppy to, yeah. to get high. Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. They you know what's? A, they didn't have they didn't have car stereos either that were accessible to right. The so they're back and right. right. Fair it's enough. Different, that's a different yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, this is what I mean. I, I said this on the, uh, the the episode we just did, Brad, for Patreon. It's like the European mind cannot comprehend the American scene. It never could. <laughs> yeah, never could. Yeah. 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 For a companion to the tale of the Ragged Mountains, there's a podcast I listen to called sometimes called Otherworld. And it's literally just like viewer submitted stories of like weird stuff that happened to them. And there's a guy that goes camping by himself out in the Uwaris, which is like an hour from the Ragged Mountains, to my understanding. And he has like the weirdest experience I think I've ever heard anybody describe. It's just like he gets like paralyzed with fear. And then there are lights flying around and voices talking to him and all this stuff. And then he's go he goes back home tells his friends and the next episode of the podcast is his friend saying how the first guy took me out there and then we had a weird experience with seeing orbs in the sky and like all the and uh just that whole region is just like uh, yeah i don't know like i want to go on a ghost hunt of like all of appalachia i think it's a bloodshed thing too i mean there's a lot mm. of blood that got shed over in, that, in those areas man i mean that's it's, true it's, i'm not making any political statement or anything right. i mean like where there's a lot of dead bodies, I'd imagine there's a lot of stuff happening. You know, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there's just the the psychic suffering of a region that never that region's never going to be Silicon Valley. It's never going to have its day in the sun. So, mm. they, and they call it poverty, but it's just like, is it like it's something? It's this ties into my theory that the, that the Mississippi River is the most cursed river in the world. 
Like I truly believe that river is, I live near this river. There's just something that I understand about the Mississippi that's just extremely cursed. I don't know. There's no, I have no scientific evidence of this. Of like I have no, I can't no. prove it, but it just, it's how it feels. Anyway, Brad, yeah. you had something else to. No, to no, that's on. interesting. Yeah. 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 The I think ontology of America. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think, you know, what I think happens and, and maybe I'm just like, glommed on to Appalachia. It seems interesting. I've spent a lot of time down there in North Carolina specifically. And like, I think any, if you look closely with the right kind of eyes at wherever you live right now, there's some weird stuff that has happened there. Beneath Here the where I live? Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Oh yeah. Of course. You, where you oh, yeah. are going, where you're at, like any place. And it's just, yeah, I'm sure Bay area. And I don't even know. I don't have a case, but I'm sure some weird shit has happened there i think we industrial i think we industrialized to a point to scare away things like that because i think like if you were if you were like an extraterrestrial would you go somewhere where there was lights everywhere i wouldn't right uh, and i and i think when you go to the outskirts like some of the hitchcockian like vertigo spots like you know you're like oh this is kind of trippy and my my co-host Cy lives in uh Portland. he's from where i'm from but he lives in portland and his mom lives in eastern oregon but, dude every week she sends him like you know what these lights are you know, it's got, like, no, and they're, they're trippy. Like I look, yeah. I'm not an aviation guy. It could be anything. It could be a right. lot of military testing. It could be a lot of things, but I'm like, I guess it's way more fun for me to be like, Hey, maybe you're getting visitors. Like, that's right. That's an interesting thing about like us lighting up cities. Cause you always wonder you fly over like a city. You're like, why do you need this many lights yeah. in real? Like, I'm sure the city could function without every square inch being lit. And it's like, well, we're probably kind of scared of some shit. Yeah. No, because people no, because people lose their minds. Because what you're what you're preventing against is like people are on drugs. There's a it's again, it's the horseshoe, it's the bell curve. So there's a fraction of people who are on drugs who at like a certain point in the middle of the night, if they come across somebody in the in the dark, there's a stabbing that's gonna happen. Right. There's gonna be somebody's gonna right. pull out a knife and they're gonna freak out. Right. Right. There's enough, I mean, like in terms of percentage of people that like at 2 a.m. in a the in Cincinnati. Yeah. If you don't have those lights up, yeah, there's going to be a yeah. problem. And then yeah. also, like, never mind, like, the cops show up on the scene. They can't see. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. No, the light, let there be light, man. Yeah. Like, it's, well, it's a problem. This, this leads me to a question I, that Kevin and I kind of batted around when we did our core episode on Poe. But, Glenn, I'm curious for your opinion. And it kind of ties into another story we talked about reading was um, A Telltale Heart. And A Telltale Heart is sort of classic Poe. Yeah. It, it's not true crime because it didn't actually happen, but it does lead me to wonder, and like I said, Kevin and I kind of batted this around. I'm curious your opinion. What is the appeal? Why do people read true crime and listen? To, what, why, why is the number one podcast or the top three of the top five podcasts, true crime podcasts? What is the fascination with murder? Oh man, I love fake crime. First of all, more than true crime. I personally, sure. no, I like. I, yeah. I I've never been the true crime guy. My dad obsessed. I tried to get him to read James Elroy's The Black Dahlia masterpiece. Mm -hmm. He read every other Black Dahlia book except that because he wants like the real Elizabeth Short murder thing. I, I'm like, all right, man, like yeah. sure. And uh, I, I don't know. It's like it's so depressing, and and and. But I think people like being depressed. I think mm. I think finding something worse than than your mundane life. Not to sound like you know uh, Tyler or what was it Fight Club? Mm -hmm. I don't want to sound too Fight Clubby. But when you find something, when you are like, oh wow, at least that didn't happen to me, you know, or something. Mm. I think there's a lot of people that cling to to those things, and also like they love reality TV. So I think there's an element, there's a reality TV element to it. To where mm -hmm. it's like we're kind of like in this like true postmodern society where nothing can be new anymore. So we mm -hmm. might as well just have it be real, you know, like just mm -hmm. have quote unquote real, you know. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, follow on that and say that a lot of the consumers of true crime are women very famously. And so, uh, and everybody's raised now in public schools. Everybody's institutionalized from the age of four or five until the age of 20, 21, 23, 28. If they're the Harvard extension school professor, 35, right. Um, they want, they want entertainment and they want titillation in a Victorian sense almost, but they want to feel like they're learning. So they're learning history <laughs> and they're almost learning like survival tactics. 
Like, mm-hmm. oh, that could never happen to me is what they think. And so there's a lot of like weird class stuff involved. And it's like sort of, uh, you know, what our friend Glenn just said. It's like, you know, at least it's not me. I mean, Tool, you know, I talk about Tool the band. Tool Vicarious, that song nails it. Much better you than I. You're yeah. just, you're watching a victim. There's something very, um, it's a car, it's, it's a carny kind of quality. It's a carnival quality, right. but, but, but NPR can get behind it. So the right. libs can kind of fa- get behind it. Because it's a it. fact. Because it's, it's a fact. It's, fact. it's fact serious journalism, happened. but like, it's like, it's literally right. the NPR equivalent of like the Nickelodeon carnival. Right. Bodice vibe. ripper. I think like, about this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. New, the new age kind of like watching the execution happen kind of thing. Yes. Where, exactly. where I think that's what you were getting at. Because, like, you know, I just watched Braveheart like not long ago. I'm like, damn, everybody showed up to watch William Wallace get like right. created. Yeah, like, that was an event. You wouldn't miss that. Be like yeah. the OJ trial of the yeah. time. True, true, yeah, man. you take your, you'd bring your kids. Yeah, where nothing changes, as yeah. we say on the pod. And and I think probably a lot of people in the crowd of that execution are like going. In in their head, they they're maybe some of those people are justifying it by saying, "Well, I'm actually going to see the kinds of people who would go to see this yeah, without like right. totally accepting the fact that they are also the kind of person who would go to see this." Right? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's this weird dynamic too, where the libs will try to like convince themselves that like the journalism is going to change the outcome, and that that by the way, that's what they mean by democracy. That's yeah. their democracy, but like. That happens five times out of a hundred thousand. Yeah. It's just marginal right. cases to satisfy, to basically palliate the the death drive of the petit bourgeois. I mean, that's that's all it is. Yeah. Dang. All right. No, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad we're, get, we're going hard. All yeah, right. I good. like. Oh, it's good. I like this. Yeah. Good. Um, and I, the yeah, telltale. Go heart, though. you're talking about the telltale heart. <laughs> uh, no, I I think there's something to. I, I, when I was listening to it, and I this I I knew that story really well. I mean, it's it's referenced everywhere, and and I I knew it well. But this time going through it, I was just thinking like, I, I can't even imagine ever getting away with a murder. You know what I mean? Or getting away with anything? Yeah. Like we have so much surveillance now that it's like you surveillance is supposed to like surveillance and fear is supposed to kind of like replace guilt. I I feel like a lot of times because like guilt. I swear to God, like you, what, if you killed your, who's that? Like a, your tenement neighbor guy or something. Yeah. Like, oh, that guy. It's a wrap. Like that's on the yeah. ring doorbell cam. You're done. Like you don't even have a chance to be like, what did I just do? Right. Like you're done. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's very dystopian. And so just the idea that like back then it's like, yeah, that guy, the guy got, got away with it. Like he was not going to be caught. There's no blood stains. There's no nothing. And but it's there's a morality angle to him that you don't see in like the the Lovecraftian uh, uh, versions of of those stories. Like you don't see that. There's a morality angle. It's like it's like no no no. Guilt will be far worse than any punishment you could ever have. Right. This, right. This is interesting because we're getting into territory that I'm really like I think about this stuff a lot, which is creepy. But I do, and uh, it's like they they still say if there's no motive, you can still get away with murder. If if you have no re and this is I mean and that really fundamentally that thing I just said that's what we call war. We mm-hmm. just say war and then it's over there. Right. Like it's that's all it is. If you just decide, I mean, it's part of a uh, you know um, Blood Meridian and the genius of that novel. If you just say uh, war is here, like mm-hmm. you can get away with practically anything because you just leave your phone at home and you just go in. Yeah. You just go ham. You know, and if you have 130 IQ, you can just get away with it. And that is terrifying to the people who read short stories about yeah. murder, because yeah. fundamentally, like the final thing is like you're starting to think in your own mind, wait, could I get away with it? Would I get away right. with it? That's yeah. the real terror yeah. is like, well, anyway, go on. Brad. Well, yeah, then if 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 I could get away with it, does that if I convince myself I could get away with it with then I have taken off some restraint that is normally in place and am I now like I, like am I now going to do it like there's a little bit right. of like standing next well, to the, the cliff I'm sure there's I'm, that guy I'm, right, right, I'm right. going to jump for some right, reason right right well and then you start <laughs> you know obviously this is we're going to sound a little sociopathic here but sure. I mean, we're talking about Poe's stories and then yeah. it's like well what about my neighbors <laughs> and right. you start going oh god Right. Ah, get away. Oh, no, yeah. I'll 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 tell you I had a I had like a story I had like a brief fantasy once and Kevin you might even know about this where I was home for the holidays and it turned out that like a guy in a in a, in another neighborhood 
had um he'd scammed a bunch of elderly people in his neighborhood for like to the tunes of hundreds of thousands, like stole their life savings and he'd gotten away with it. And I don't remember all the details and I probably shouldn't even say them if I knew them. And I remember laying in bed in my childhood bed that night and thinking, you know, I bet I could sneak out of the house, go kill that guy and sneak back in and no one would ever know it was me. And you were like, what am I? I don't have anything. You're like eight years old, right? Yeah. 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 Dude, you're like a you're a little fucking warrior. I love that. That's great. No, that's good. That's awesome. But, but it's that kind of thing where you're like, yes, well, no one would. Why would anybody think it was me? Mm-hmm. Right. There would be no way to connect me to it. The guy. It's all. It. It's always. Yeah. It's always the spouse or the you know or the jilted lover. It's always the obvious reason. You know, it's so right. easy for these. They, they find. You know. Yeah. If there's a motive, it's easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, between Lieutenant Columbo arriving at a young Brad Kelly's house. <laughs> <laughs> You've got an awful lot of GI Joes here. Uh, yeah. One more, one, one more thing. thing. I see. There's a see. You have yeah. a podcast. <laughs> he's a real smart guy. Yeah, uh, you know, he's a real smart kid. You know, I just, you know, I, where where was he? You, you, you don't have to tell me. I just right. it'd be hilarious. <laughs> but like, you know, jokes aside, I mean, we're talking about the Telltale Heart. This is yeah. what it is. This is the reason mm-hmm. that it that, that everybody who reads this goes like somewhere in your heart, you've you've thought about suicide, you've thought about murder, you've thought mm-hmm. about all. It's all in us, and like mm-hmm. we we just polite society doesn't exist yeah. anymore. But like we, you know, we try to pretend that it does, and we all kind of just go, well, well, you don't, you know. This is not what we talk. We don't talk about that right. stuff. But Poe's right. like, oh, I'm going to put this out into a journal and, you know, it. into a, yeah, it's fucking great. And, and I love the approach he has. I mean, he, he does the first person, the, the the character who did it. And then I, what I, one thing I really liked about reading the story this time through was thinking about how hard the character that Poe is, you know, it's Poe's voice in this character, how hard he's trying to convince you that he's a sane like upright person he's like if i was crazy would i have like taken all of these steps to have done it like he's he's really trying to show you like how he rationally a- arrived at this conclusion in which the only thing to do was to kill this guy yeah it's very really really interesting and and the reason he killed him too is is like it wasn't for money it wasn't for revenge he couldn't stand the guy's eye looking at him right yeah, I have a couple coworkers. I'm not gonna lie. No. Uh, anyways, the, the uh, um, yeah, no. I have cameras in our trucks. We couldn't right. get away with something. Right. Um, no, no the, exactly. Do you guys? I have to wonder too. Do you guys think? I read. I I feel like a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things that people um, get. You'll see it on Twitter a lot where it's like, oh, yeah, you're you're uh, we're all past the point of like Kafka, Dostoevsky and all these things like that's something you read when you're younger and like mm-hmm. college or whatever. It's not something like a yeah, that's always a thing. But like with Poe, I'm like, why did I read this when I was a kid? Like I read it. I it, it, it had the effect that I think it's supposed to have. But as an adult, I'm like, do you see more things? And I, I just read the trial after breezing through it in college and not re- like for Kafka. And I re- reread it for the program. And I was like, all these new things popped up. And I always I, wonder, like, why do we do this? I, 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 I've been yeah. thinking about this recently because I, you know, because I'm thinking about Harvard Extension School and all the rest of it. I mean, did you did you ever read? Did you read a separate piece? I never read a separate. Piece. I'm going to tell you guys a story. So, okay. a separate piece is John Nels, and he went to Exeter, all right, in New Hampshire. And I dated a gal who went to Exeter mm-hmm. in New Hampshire, which is where Mark Zuckerberg went. This is like mm-hmm. the most prestigious you know, boarding school. All right. This is where the, the elite of the elite go. They send their kids. I, I thought it was in, I thought it was in like England until this moment. No, 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 no. But there's an Exeter in England, but there are a couple, there's Phillips Exeter. Okay. And then there's the other one in New Hampshire, okay. whatever. Right. Okay. All right. Um, but like, Oh, what was I talking about? Uh, um, they, John Fowles separate piece. Yeah. 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 And that's where, that's where a separate piece is set. Now in my shitty public school education that I got in the eighties and the nineties in North Dakota, we were reading a separate piece. Okay. It's yeah. set it. It's set at Exeter. And then like flash forward 20 ish years. And I'm like dating somebody who went there. Like I'm not f- from my whole point is the reason we're reading Poe and we're the re- it's because this northeastern weird corridor establishment is still we're still talking about Harvard 
and their extension because they're they run everything because they have all the money and they have all the finance. That's yeah. and and it's important because they say it's important. Like mm-hmm. you know, I don't like fundamental. I don't give a shit. Like right. I don't care where you went. Like you know, what do you have to say to me now? Which yeah. is like, but that's my that's my you know woefully painfully middle class chud you know background where I actually care who you what you are and bringing to me now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. That's I mean, why. I mean, that's why you're yeah. reading Pope because he's from Baltimore in the Northeast right. and this whole, you know, and 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 maybe, you know, and I don't know. It's a similar with Fitzgerald, like, I mean, who's from out here in Minnesota. It's like, I don't know. Like, what should they be reading at 14? I have no idea. That is a, that is tough to say. I mean, Mike Crichton. Why not read some Michael Crichton? Honestly, I I go. I go. I say less than zero. Brady Stanellis is a high yeah. school. Damn. <laughs> is there anything? Want to do drugs less than less than zero? If That's you've ever a good read. point. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, it's a scene that is a little rough in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. maybe a couple. For the yeah. most part, though, it's like, all right, you know, if you read that, you're like, drugs don't sound good in that book at all. They don't sound fun. They don't. They, they don't. The liquor. No, like, yeah, I, yeah, that book is so intense, man. I mean, it's about like know. snuff, snuff films and stuff. I mean, you know, I don't know about high school. I don't know. It's- <laughs> But, but what kids have the internet now, though, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, watch someone get beheaded if they want to. They can yeah, have, yeah already, no, you're right. You're right. Already. You're right. Yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm only half serious. No, 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 no. We're, we're talking about some real shit here. No, I appreciate yeah. that. It's very interesting. Like, what are they going to do? I mean, you know, so they just default to this weird wasp. They're still telling you, oh, the wasps from the Northeast are the, uh, you know, that's but it's weird. Yeah. That's what's important. It's like, you know, and we could all agree that Poe is great, but like, should you be reading him when you're, should you be reading the Telltale Heart when you're 14? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I not. What, yeah, I don't know what the point of it. They didn't have anything yeah, else, could... you know, they didn't have anything else to point to because there was no, well, let's be real. There was no uh, YA fiction. And still to this day, they're not going <laughs> to teach that because it's like, what are they, they're going to bring Hunger Games into the high school. So this is weird. I bet they do. You think so? I mean, I don't know. In American public schools? No. I would, I bet there's, there's no some, I bet there's a little bit of it. Maybe, I, but like, Teaching cry that's going to be teaching Crichton. I I don't know if I'm at liberty to say their name because I don't think you want that tied to yeah. podcast. Yeah. But uh, the uh, they they're teaching uh, Jurassic Park and the Lost World in high school. That's so awesome. Is, yeah, that's that's cool. Like that's what you should be teaching because uh, this is wasted on the youth. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me let me hang on, Brad. I know I've gone on, but Glenn, let me let me tell you, I was so into Jurassic Park when I was a kid and my mom was an elementary school teacher and she wanted to make sure that I wasn't reading anything inappropriate when I was like, you know, 12 or whatever. So she would read ahead of the book and I would like read the pages like, yeah, so amazing. I I sent him a letter, Michael Crichton. I got a postcard back from Michael Crichton. I, I, I have no idea where it is now. But I, you know, I sent him a letter. I got a postcard back with a signed postcard, the whole thing. So I'm a big Crichton. Was, was there a picture of him all six foot seven, just man mountain Michael Crichton? It just literally just like Harvard Extension School right there. You know, no, no, there wasn't. It was no. just a postcard. You know, it was during the Jurassic Park hysteria. But like, yeah. no, he was he was one of the authors that I really first like obsessed over. I did like when I was like 12 or 13. Oh, it's crazy. It's dude, Jurassic better. Park, it's such a great read, dude. Um, Andromeda Strain. What else? Uh, Congo. Sphere. Uh, Sphere. Sphere. Yeah. One to, for me personally. Like for yeah. him. Yeah. He's a great Eater, writer. Eaters of the Dead. Eaters I mean, of the Dead. Yeah. So many good ones. I mean, even his later stuff, uh, not to turn this into Crichton cast, okay. but I, I can be uh, known to do from time to time, but the uh, Prey, his 2002 novel, Prey is excellent. Uh, there's, there's, there's so many. I mean, he was... He was on his way to writing way more good stuff too. State of State of Fear is, and then they and then they killed him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I have my thoughts. I have my thoughts. Uh, well, he was a young man. Four episodes. You know, you have to call me if that's the case. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. We'll think about this. Really noted. I don't think he has any darkness though. That's the thing. Like I don't. No, of course he. Everybody does. He's the doctor. Come on. He's a six foot seven handsome genius doctor. I mean. You know, there's something. I know. I so yeah. You guys gotta call me when that happens. Okay. I, I've, I've done okay. Anyway, so well, I won't have to do that much more uh, prepping for it. Deal, deal. Well, let's talk about the third one. We third story we 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 said we we talk about a little bit, and we're we're getting close to the end of our our hour here, the free hour. Um, 
was uh, the fall of the House of Usher. Um, interestingly, there's a new what is it Netflix series that's like I don't even know what they're doing with. How, have you seen any of that, Glenn? Awful. So it's Awful. an amalgamation of like a lot of his stories. So there's like a um, his the the Roderick Usher's lawyer. His name is Arthur Pym. Um, oh boy. It's one of those things. And then uh, I'll say it right now, it's it's very new. Everything you don't like about things that are new, it's all takes place in there. But they rope <laughs> you in. They rope you in with a really cool like death thing about the mom. Uh, the mom of, of Roderick Usher died because she didn't listen to science and the doctors. Uh, she wouldn't take medicine. Oh, yeah. really? Like that on the note. Like, oh, it, boy. But like it's cool at first. You're like, whoa, this is crazy. She's like, you know, kind of like half dead, going over to her boss's house and stuff. Like it's completely like a bunch of post stories in one. It is yeah. not this story. Like, no. it, 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 there's just a Roderick Usher who's rich, but he's pharma. He's a a big bad pharma billionaire. And, oh, he is. Okay, okay, okay. Cool. But they don't do what you we want him to do. Right, right, right. No, I saw the trailer. I saw the trailer for it. I was like, I don't know what this is, but I don't think it has much of anything to do with the fall of House Usher. (laughs) It's really, really bad. I I, I can't not even like hate watch good either. Like not even Mm. like watch to laugh at it because they've they've even taken that from us. Like, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they can't even make. That's the thing is they've stopped making stuff that's so bad. It's good. Yeah, Everything's just kind of okay. Like it's never been easier to make something kind of good. Mm-hmm. But it's also never been tougher to make something great. Yeah, so that's it's kind of where it's at right now. Like with some of these things, everything looks professional. Right. Yeah. Everything oh, is like yeah. three. Everything's like three stars. Yeah. Everybody, everybody involved in that abortion of the fall of the house of Usher is a professional. And you couldn't, you couldn't indict any of them. They've got all the right degrees. They've got all the right pedigree, but not a single one of them you know, at, at the bar in fucking Mar Vista uh, at the end of the shoot is going, ah, we, we changed the world. Nobody gives a shit and everybody yeah. knows it and nobody cares. And, yeah. you know, and then what it, all it really ends up being is that it stops the, uh, the algorithm from delivering the actual thing. When you search for the fall of the house of Usher, all it does is like put this other weird horrible thing to try to capture 13 year old minds right. who the public i mean it's all algorithmic so the yeah, public I mean, school says read this and then now they're they're just trying to get the new generation of consumer on board is what it right. amounts to and so yeah. you can just take this volume i have of the collected works of poe and you just shove it into some kind of chat gpt thing or like make me a tv show right and then like right. out the other right. end comes that show right but yeah. art of darkness exists rare candy exists we're it's not true. we're not going to surrender to this Borg. Yeah, Never. yeah. <laughs> I, I meant to ask you guys too. Have you guys ever done uh, the? I, I don't recommend this for everything, but I did this for um, a couple of uh, short stories in the past. But where you find a good audio thing and then read along in the book while the audio thing. Oh, playing. that's a good idea. I have fun. done that a little bit. Fun. Yeah, I did it with uh, a Harlan Ellison story once. Okay. Uh, which was kind of cool. Uh, I did, I think it was, uh, I forget which one it was, but I did that and I did that with this one a couple of times and it was actually really fun. The Christopher Lee cool. is not, uh, you get in the light of candle. Now that's cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah dude. I, 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 well, I struggle on, to follow along with audiobooks. Like yeah, I can do like a few minutes at a time and then I, I don't, I don't, it just doesn't, I have a hard time with it. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, I'm going to do a, um, an article about the new Werner Herzog memoir. Yeah, and my first thought was, "Oh my God, he did the audiobook version of his own memoir. It's fourteen hours <laughs> of Werner Herzog." Yeah, and I and I started listening to it, and I got to about hour four, yeah. and I'm like, "I have to get the the book. Right. I can't take any more." That's of this. a lot. That's a lot it's of any much person. because he doesn't. And I love. He's one of my heroes. God, God, love Werner Herzog. I love that dude. I mean, like, seriously, if there's somebody I could meet right now, like, just go hang out over a coffee or whatever, it would be that guy. But, like, he's not modulating. He's not trying to entertain you. He's like, and then I went to the mountains. (laughs) And the mountains are very high. It's very difficult. Give me the title of that memoir. It's the most most hardcore title of all time. uh, The title of the memoir is Every Man for Himself and God Against All. Sick. 
No metal, dude. He's uh, he's my hero. Anyway, yeah. So, um, you know, I guess House of Usher. I mean, what, Glenn? <sighs> any thoughts about the story? Not the not the Netflix abomination, no. but any thoughts about the actual story? Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one. I I do say I, I think Poe works best in his the shorter amount of time you give him to tell a story because um. Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the I'm not much for um, this happens in a lot of old novels and and short stories, too, where like I'm like, I don't even know what architecture. Is. I have a one bedroom apartment. I don't know anything of you're telling me. I don't know what I there's so many. So there's a lot going on there. However, the I do love the opening scene of just the guy riding in on his horse and just being like, ugh, that house part gross. I think it is the best part, honestly. And. And like the rest of it's good. It's it's a good story. I I think everybody should read it. Um, I it doesn't give you the terror. At least for me, it didn't give me like the, the terror and dread that his other work does. That I that I would seek out. Um, but it's there's a lot there. There's a lot going on. You get you get the the the. There's a lot of poisms in there. A lot of uh, the the pale dead eyes. I do like that the guy could only eat like bad food and like have like you know that was cool. All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's a thing in there too um, that if that was interesting on reread it, it it was highlighted to me. I think the ushers are being afflicted by some sort of like poisonous fungus. I think so too. Because there's like two or three times where it's like very Poe is really putting his thumb on the fact it smells fungal or there's fungus on the wall or whatever. And I just wonder like because now that's like a common trope of like what is that zombie series where they're all affected by cortisol? The Last of Us. Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just think you know Poe. I, I think was maybe onto something. Not not that he's like the first writer to bring mushrooms into the plot or in some way, but like it seems like he was really onto something there that I hadn't like, encountered before. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and seeing your house kind of like seeing your the lineage go along with the house of the family, I think is kind of cool, especially like nowadays, like uh, this whole like I'd be cool to like do an updated version of like BlackRock seizing somebody's house or something. And then like a house pressure situation happens like that'd be there you I go. Could, something like yeah. that happening. That'd be kind of fun. Um, I do respect that. And this is somebody who's never grown up in or never lived in a house that they owned ever. My parents mm-hmm. never owned property, any of that mm-hmm. stuff. So it's kind of like a foreign thing to me, but I understand mm-hmm. it. I mean, even this one bedroom apartment, it's like packing it up to move would be emotional and stuff. Yeah. So this idea of like, well, that's it for us guys. And we're just having a hard time coping with it is, is it is sad. I mean, as you get older, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Glenn, we're going to come back for the uh, for our Patreon supporters, um, patreon.com slash Art of Dark Power. We're going to talk about Franz Mesmer. Um, but, you know, and Glenn, thank you so much for your time. This hour goes by so quickly. We never get to all the stuff that we want to get to. But it was a pleasure talking to you. What uh, tell people how to reach you. And also, do you if you've got interesting, exciting stuff coming up on Rare Candy, you know, let us know about that, too. Oh, yeah. There's always uh, we do two episodes a week. We are um, always doing something fun. Uh, Sometimes it's just Cy and I just scanning things that we think are interesting. And uh, like we just our latest episode, we talked about Thomas Kincaid for like 30 minutes. That's great. Um, Yeah, I love (laughs) that guy. Amazing, (laughs) amazing story for him. And uh, so we did that recently. But Gain of Fiction probably would be the most interesting to uh, your guys' audience, I would think. That is... um, on our paywall feed which there's over 80 episodes on the paywall feed however uh about 25 of them are are, are fiction we where we it's usually about two hours of just one work of fiction maybe a couple short stories uh we've covered lovecraft uh last uh we had a uh, your guys's friend and and my new friend uh jacob everett uh oh, yeah. come on recently for the james elroy's the cold Six Thousand. that was uh that was that's excellent. a great book that book is such a banger I, it was I, so. The problem is, I've I've gone to Jane Austen now. Is is one of the next one, and I, I have no issue. It's it's good. However, I'm like, did I just go from the cold six thousand to Emma? Like, what uh, what am I doing? I'm glad you guys did this because Poe is a fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a lot of you know. There's this. It's a fun thing, but it's it's been tough. I I need to do my lists a little bit better. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. got Blood Meridian coming up. If uh, everybody's got a Blood Meridian episode, but I haven't mm-hmm. read it yet, so I'm excited. Oh, cool. Very yeah, cool. my first read through for that. Uh, um, we are doing this new one with my good friends at the podcast called Agitator, who I would highly suggest come on Art of Darkness at yeah. some 
uh, Jay David Osborne and Kelby Losack. Those guys are incredible. And um, we're covering Brady Sinellis' latest novel, The Shards. Um, so, which I believe is his best. Uh, I've heard very good things about it. I have not got around to it yet, but believable and um, so we're gonna um we're gonna we're gonna be covering that but there's always fun stuff to do we have episodes uh the back catalog ages well in my opinion we have uh whitney webb episodes with whitney webb we have episodes with all sorts of people um and some people just like when it's me and my buddy so i just talk um and then our sub stack that's we don't use patreon because we wanted to create like kind of a magazine element to it and we have our audio feed through Substack, but that's at rarecandy.substack.com. If you are free subscribers, you just get all the uh, written stuff. Cy writes Bob's Red Pill, which is a wonderful, wonderful series. Um, he's got some amazing takes. And then uh, the, the if you give us a few shekels, I know a lot of podcasts have them. So I understand people not wanting to uh, blow their wad on it. But to be honest, man, my coffee costs more than it. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. get out there. Listen to listen to Rare Candy, support Rare Candy. Glenn, such a pleasure, man. We're gonna we're gonna talk some more, but um thank you so much. Absolutely honored. Yeah. <laughs>